Securities and investment advisory services offered through Next Financial Group. Member FINRA SIPC. Sierra Ridge Wealth Management is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted index of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks. The S&P 500 is a market cap-weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies in leading industries of the U.S. economy. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of Hunter Lowry and not those of Sierra Ridge Wealth Management or Next Financial Group. What's going on? Welcome back to the Wealth Accelerator podcast. I got my boy with me today, Garrett Strohmeyer. He is, uh, you know, I've been getting a lot of questions about the commercial real estate um, market right now. And to be honest, I don't have a lot of those answers. So I hit up my buddy. He's an expert in the field. Genius guy. I mean, went to Dartmouth, football player over there. Now he's killing it in the real estate market here in Sacramento. Um, So happy that he could take some time to join us. Thanks for being here, Garrett. Hunter, my pleasure, buddy. Thank you for having me. Hope everybody out there listening is doing well, all things considered, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little crazy. Um, and number one, I got to just put this out there, you know, that we have got more construction going on at the house. Guys trimming trees, remodels, the whole nine yards. So um, apologize for any crazy background noises you might hear, but um, I guess that's just part of the times now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, shoot. We actually have been trying to get on the Zoom video call for the last 30 minutes. And um, you would think, you know, two uh, younger guys would be pretty tech savvy, but we finally got it figured out. So we're all good to go. But anyways, Garrett, hey, just, <laughs> right. just a little bit of background, man, into uh, um, what you're doing over at Kidder. Um, yeah, yeah. Just give us a little background into, you know, who you are um, and, and what you're doing over there, basically. Absolutely. Thanks, Hunter. Well, I appreciate the introduction again. I'm a 24-year-old guy, and as Hunter mentioned, I work with a firm called Kidder Matthews. We're a commercial, rate, commercial real estate excuse me, services firm. I focus on brokerage, although we've got appraisers and we've got property managers, et cetera. I'm a broker, and I work in the investment market here in Sacramento. I also work throughout the region in the Central Valley, extending down to Stockton, California, if you guys are familiar. And Kidder Matthews as a company is a Western region-focused company. So we're dialed in, our brokers and all of our our team are dialed in pretty much to every major market on the West Coast, even getting into Arizona. We we opened up a few offices out there in the last few years. And so, um, you know, I focus on, again, Sacramento, Central Valley area but I'm plugged into the Bay area and, and we've got people that are connected to all the markets. So um, yeah, more specifically investments. I deal with property types pretty much of all size ranges. Although most of my experience has been in the smaller range, anywhere from I sold a $250,000 condo investment to a retail investor. It was a woman who wanted to expand her portfolio from just having residential units to having a new commercial property. So she bought a small condo that was leased to a medical clinic. That's on the small end. And then, you know, I've done a deal around $5 million for an office building. Uh, A company was ready to basically move on. The owner of the company was ready to move on and and retire and move to Nevada where taxes are less. (laughs) 
And he was ready to therefore sell his building, which he used for his company. So that was in a great location in Midtown. We got a great price. The buyer was an investment firm looking to potentially tear down that building and scrape it, put it down, put in a new development there. And so, yeah, I work on a lot of different properties and projects, guys. I work with both buyers and sellers. And whether you're looking to acquire something or dispose of something, um, we kind of touch all those in a creative way. We love to say entrepreneurial, which is why we don't just do necessarily one property type or focus on one small market area. I'm a client relationship focused guy. So I work with people on what they're looking to do um, within my respective market, or I can hook you up with somebody who might be a better fit. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. It's cool to see, you know, how much experience you're getting, not only in one aspect, but just throughout the whole commercial, commercial real estate uh, market as well. Uh, but moving backwards just a little bit, dude, what even got you interested in that? Like, why did you get into the real uh, commercial real estate game to begin with? Great question, buddy. The reason why was because I felt like I wasn't ready to hit my big picture yet. <laughs> and so, and that's a great question because it lets people know a little bit more about where I want to go, which is to become an investor and a developer. Uh, that, and that inspiration and goal came from an internship I did with a developer in Sacramento. We worked on a really cool mixed use project. And what mixed use is, is basically different uses, different property types in one development. So we had multifamily units. We had retail, really cool retail. Work, live, play was the concept. So we had retail, we had, uh, which was play. We had, and that was restaurants, that's, you know, boutiques, um, bars, et cetera. Then you've got your units for living, nicer new uh, apartment units. And then you have the work aspect, which was office space. So we worked on a development that had all three of those components in Midtown, in the heart of kind of Sacramento's burgeoning dense young you know area hip area if you will and that was like and this was back a few years ago 2017 i was a senior in college uh, i went holy macro this is super fun this is super exciting because a developer kind of gave me a you know he said hey you're going to be my right hand guy for this internship it was over summer and we were that was a perfect time where this development called the ice blocks really was getting going so i you know from since then i'm still developing that vision but chose brokerage hunter to your question because I realized from that internship how much uh, opportunity was in the industry. It was, it's so dynamic. I mean, and I told uh, Mike Keller, the developer, that and he's, he recommended that I start in brokerage, which I looked at and it ended up working out that way because brokerage is a way for you to really understand the industry on what you could call ground level, right? So working with people on transactions because real estate, you know, the market is just a, basically accumulation of all the transactions in it. So if I'm able to work on the transactions and actually get to know the market, right? Call owners, prospect, understand what's going on in the market. What are their needs? What are the rental rates? Where are they going? Understand trends. Then, you know, that all that informs me in a good way in the future when I'm ready to be a developer. So, um, you know, obviously you get that ground level look, you get to build relationships and um, there's a lot of money to be made too if you're successful. So yeah, no joke, no joke. No, that's awesome. It's really cool that you know you found something that you're passionate about so early on, and and have been able to just absolutely crush it so far. Um, yeah, kudos to you, man. Um, but like I said, so I've been getting calls, and and everyone that's been listening knows, and and you and I have talked about this, and part of the reason that I wanted to bring you on too is we, you know, we're, we, we don't butt heads on this topic, but we have a little bit of opposing viewpoints. So I think that'll be kind of fun to talk about, but just to start, <laughs> like I said, people are calling me and they're asking, you know, 
Hunter, I know that you are saying it's a great time to invest in the stock market and everything's discounted and all these great things. Well, what do you think about investing in real estate right now? Well, for me, you know, the only thing I know about real estate investments are REITs, real estate investment trusts that are traded through the market, which is, um, right. you know, a lot different than actually owning a physical piece of property. So give me your take, Garrett, on where we're at in, in the real estate market. Is it is right now a great buying opportunity like I think it is in the stock market? Yes and no is my answer to the question on a short level, but we want to know the details. We all do. So <laughs> let me break into that. Yeah, go for it. It's a very, very interesting time, guys, in real estate. There's no market that isn't affected by this, right? COVID-19, you know, this, this, this is a, a global thing. So when you look on a micro level, you've got to really look at the different aspects because each micro area is, is its own, like, kind of dynamic. Like the way that Sacramento city officials, for instance, in like provide loans may be different than the way that this Kansas city's, you know, is providing loans, which may have a different effect on the economy. So to answer your question, I think real estate moving forward will be affected in a way that is overall a positive for innovation. But in the next year, I think we're going to see a lot of headwinds towards trying to buy properties that are already good investment deals and see them just appreciate in value. So taking a step back, I think real estate needs to be looked at respective to property types to some extent with thinking about what's good buy and what isn't. If there's a retail property that you buy today with a tenant in it that happens to be a restaurant that is say a local restaurant and that restaurant is already struggling to pay their rent because of COVID, then there's a certain risk factor to it that you know very well may end up in that t that restaurant having to close, and that's just the reality because there aren't enough funds to go around that the Fed's throwing, and obviously Wall Street's trying their best, but Main Street can only do so much, and as well as these local city councils. So, retail is an opportunity because if you don't have a restaurant in a good location, you may be able to put in a new tenant. Mm -hmm. Someone has to factor in that risk, but definitely you want to look at those types of deals. I think pricing is lagging. So if that retail deal that looks attractive now doesn't look attractive tomorrow, you may have to wait two days, for instance, to see the price you know, reflect the market. So real estate's lagging a little bit on that aspect because me following the market right now, I don't see the pricing changes that are factoring the risk level. Uh, that said, you know, people are still trying to be optimistic and work through it. So a lot of investors have a wait and see mindset. In hmm. terms of buying, um, the key, again, is looking at the whole industry of what the opportunities are, because one of the things in the office market, for instance, is the trend that this situation uh, is, may reverse the trend that we're seeing in markets where it becomes a more dense downtown office dynamic, right? We used to have, you know, a few decades back, people going out to suburbs. And this last, you know, since I've been in the industry for sure, but from my from my studying and research at least since the, the last recession it's been an urban sprawl for office space if people are going to the suburbs and that may very well happen it's just a, it's really a speculative thing right now we haven't seen the data then there may be more opportunities in buying office in the suburbs because that may become a higher demand mm -hmm. when you look at industrial for instance the distribution growth may very well be there as amazon and these other e-commerce companies grow when you look at opportunities in multifamily, you may see that a good multifamily property may be even better these days because a population, you know, the population's, it's growing pretty much everywhere. 
And so you always have somewhat demand, but also it just shows you that, you know, for apartments, for renting, people really need that. I mean, it, it's hard for people. It, we may have more renters to that point because it, it's hard for a lot of people when we have such a debt problem to necessarily buy things. And I think this situation with COVID is showing that. Now that's a generalization, but you know, my point is we got to look at things market by market, deal by deal. And patience is key right now because we have not seen in my, from my uh, following so far, we have, I haven't seen in Sacramento and Stockton and even in the Bay area market downturns too much. Yeah. In other words, there has not been a huge amount of foreclosures or really any that have hit the market recently. Hmm. Landlords are still trying to work with their tenants to find ways for them to have rent relief because we are seeing tenants who need rent relief pick up. Uh, I've been on a lot of calls and for instance, on the retail call with all the Kidder Matthews brokers, you've got tenants in the range of 50 plus percent who can't pay their rent right now. And they've got to negotiate terms with landlords, but at least we're seeing that. So if you've got, you know, any good property with a good owner who has a decent tenant and they realize that owner realizes, hey, this tenant is dealing with the situation right now, but we need to work with them to get through it. Yeah, that property hopefully will survive and you won't have an opportunity there from a distressed buying standpoint. But if you had an owner who came in, was already over leveraged, doesn't have a great relationship with their tenant, or they're, they're not willing to work with their tenant, and they may be already, when you look at their whole financial picture, needing to sell because you know, their income got hit or something, then there's an opportunity. And the reality is, as a buyer, there's an opportunity there too. So um, I think there will be more buying opportunities, Hunter. To close it out, there will be more buying opportunities. Right now, there are some, but moving forward, there will be a lot more. Yeah, yeah, that's very fair. Um, and you know, something that I've just been kind of thinking about, and it's kind of a long-term hypothesis that uh, just, just comes to mind, thinking about the current situation, you know, how many companies are now realizing, you know, we don't have to be spending on all this overhead. Our employees are actually happier. They're being more productive. And we have way less costs with people just working at home. I mean, right now, you know, we're probably 45 minutes apart from each other and we can get just as much done as if we were sitting down next to each other. So do you think that's going to have a pretty big hit on the commercial real estate side? You know, maybe companies just aren't going to need the office space that they used to. Yeah, great point. Uh, I do think so. I do think the situation is, is kind of, having companies look at this and it, our regional vice president, Eric Lors, who's based in the Bay area, let us know that he's hearing word from the big movers and shakers in the tech space, uh, i.e. Facebook and alphabet that they're starting to rethink what the standard square footage is per employee that they need. And interestingly enough, I just saw yesterday that these companies are actually looking to hire people, but to your point, Hunter, they're not necessarily looking to hire them to work in the office. <laughs> they may be remote. And so companies are definitely looking at their overhead, looking at how much space they have and thinking about how much space do we need? Mm -hmm. And that may change, especially if the, the actual employees interest change. And I know, you know, with the younger generation, including myself, <laughs> I like to be mobile and I appreciate the aspect of either working from home or working in a group environment or working in a traditional office space. So, we may see more of a continuation of that trend of more flexible office spaces. Um, at the same time, companies still want to have their own space. They may be downsizing as a result, or if they're growing, they may be thinking more, you know, closely, how much space do we really need per person? Do we need a huge office or do a half employees work remotely and half don't? And, and all those trends are emerging, but overall companies are definitely starting to think about this 
because of COVID and the, the effects that it has having on their overhead costs. And also because employees are starting to say, hey, I either like working from home or I don't, or, you know, it goes back to the company culture too. Yeah, big time. And it's funny, you know, I've talked about this a lot on the show too. Dude, I love working from home. I mean, I used to be <laughs> driving over two hours a day. I, and, and at that point, you know, it's kind of a waste of time. I mean, I was listening to podcasts and, and getting my market updates and everything, but I basically have over two hours a day more at home to do things that I would want to do. So I'm, I'm actually like more motivated to get my stuff done because I have more daylight finally. <laughs> so, you know, and luckily we're in this type of business where I don't need to be in the office. I mean, I tell people all the time, I could literally be out in the middle of absolutely nowhere. As long as I have a couple bars of service in my cell phone, I can get all the work done that I need to do, which, you know, that, that's just, it just shows things are really changing. And I think that this situation that we are currently in is just exposing, um, I mean, really how ready we can actually be to have more remote workers and, and kind of live this new lifestyle. Yeah, man. No, I, I definitely hear what you're saying. You're a perfect case study, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> because when you, if you're a guy who travels. We've talked about this. If, if, if your listeners don't know, some of them may that you, you commute about an hour to and fro from work. People that were doing these commutes now all of a sudden, right, like you have this free time. They're going, wow, this is great. What if I could work this way? So that is part of, that is speaking to that trend of people wanting to work closer to where they live. And a lot of people still do live in the suburbs. So sure, um, you're absolutely right. These things are unfolding. So that, that's yeah. interesting, man. But let me ask you this real quick. What about being in the office, if anything, do you like? Because there are some things that people are saying, like, I like being around my coworkers and this and that. Uh, is there anything for you to share that you, you, know, you see that you miss on the, on the work side of being in the office? Yeah, totally. I mean, obviously, I, I'm a social person. I enjoy being around everybody else. So the camaraderie um, is gone. Right. And, and that's kind of weird. I mean, we still have our weekly market updates and we Zoom video with other advisors and, and keep up to date. But I will say, and I actually talked about this last episode, it's easy to become a little bit sluggish sometimes where, you know, the snooze button is that much more tempting. And, and I know I have all day to get something done and I don't have to drive. So it can also kind of be on the opposite side of the coin sometimes. And and make you feel a little bit lazy if you're not careful. And mm -hmm. I talked about, so I used to get up early and go lift with my buddy in Lincoln and drive every day over there. And we'd lift at like six thirty, seven in the morning. I'd be done and, and head to the office. And I tried to keep that up and, and I couldn't do it. So basically I had to beg my, or not beg, I asked my little brother to start lifting with me um, just to have some accountability. So that's kind of something that is good and bad. You know, there, there's nobody here to keep me accountable to make sure that I'm still recording podcasts, to make sure I'm still um, interacting with my clients and doing all the things I need to do. So, I mean, I, I, I found a way to, to have someone keep me accountable and to continue to do these things. But, you know, with some individuals, that um, temptation to almost be a little bit more sluggish and, and not quite be as efficient, it's, it can be very powerful working from home since there's no one there to really drive you. Totally. Now, I feel you. I, I personally find it not a double-edged sword, but I find it more necessary that I think about how I'm focusing and how much hours I'm still putting in. Because to your point, it, it's e maybe easier to get distracted, hop on the Instagram if we're not you know, conscious mm -hmm. of, are we still in the work mode? Which is why my boss, he actually says that he still gets up um, and gets dressed and puts on his work clothes as if he was going into the office, kind of gets them mentally ready. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good idea. It's a really good idea.
All right, guys, that concludes part one of the interview with Garrett. I hope you guys are enjoying all the content so far. Um, we went on for a little bit longer, but I like to just break it up so it doesn't get too long per episode. But anyways, look out for the next episode. Garrett and I talk a little bit more about the stock market and, and our ideas on where we're seeing just the market in general go. So look out for that episode coming up soon. And if you guys have any questions, want to talk about anything market-related, talk about your portfolio, head over to HunterLowry.com. There's a schedule a call with me button right there at the top of the website. And you can hop on my personal calendar at any point. I'd be more than happy to help you guys out. As always, guys, thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.